Welcome to another edition of the Go Knows Podcast. I am your host, Gregory McCoy. This podcast is by a fan for fans. I am not a journalist. I am not a reporter. I am not a insider. I do not work for a website. The majority of my content comes from me and my opinion. Other information comes from the internet. Today is January 11th, 2020. This is episode number 41. Alright, and as usual, I'm going to go with the same format, highlighting one offensive player and one defensive player. So, let's go ahead and get started. Uh, First player is going to be tight end Austin White, 6'5", 242 pounds. And this is what I wrote about him, big guy. He has soft hands, runs, routes, okay bypass other offers to become a walk-on at Florida State. Um, Watching some of his high school tape, he lined up at wide receiver a lot, Um, needs to hit the film room and weight room. I'm always going to say that for every player on this roster. Okay. Um, Let's see. He was a three-star rated player coming out of high school. All right. Norvell needs to give him a look. Um, Needs to polish all areas of his game. He could possibly be a contributor for Florida State. Limited tape on player. No NFL comparison. All right. So just watching his high school stuff. He's one year removed from high school. Um, He walked on at Florida State. Um. You look at his tape, some of the competition he played against, there was, there was it was obvious that he was more talented than the majority of the opposition he was going against. Um, with that being said, you know, he's a he's a good player. Um I think if he, you know, puts a all in effort, um, he could be something special. Um, I, I put him on the same level as any tight end on his roster. I don't, I don't think anybody is dynamic. Um, you know, I, all the tight ends on this roster are average in my opinion, at least from what I've seen. I think Cam McDonald may be the most talented and most athletic, but Trey McKitty hasn't shown me anything to think that he's going to be like a superstar. So, you know, the the position to me is there for the taking. It's just can this guy do what he needs to do, one, to get a scholarship, and two, to, you know, get on the field and play. All right, so I'm going to go to my next guy, which is defensive end Derek McLendon, 6'3", 228. Big, fast, physical player. Uses hands well. Plays read option well. Has a nose for the football. Uh, I need him to stop using the spin move. He's too slow with the spin move. He needs to take that out of his game. To me, he needs to get up to at least 250, 260 pounds to realize the potential um, at the defensive end position. He can be a contributor next year for this team. Uh, Weight room and field room, a must. Has good first step when using speed rush. 
No NFL comparison for this player. All right. Um, limited tape on him as far as Florida State. Um, his time at Florida State. But uh, watching that limited tape and watching some of his high school tape, I put him in the same category as Quayshawn Fuller, Jamarcus Chapman, Malcolm Bray, Curtis Fan. All these guys can be contributors next season. You really don't realize you have all these defensive ends on the roster until you just go down the roster and you like you watch the film on these guys, you're like, why haven't these guys been playing? You know, these guys could have helped us. So this guy has talent. Um I see him getting on the field next year. If he weight room, film room, you know, gotta be motivated and dedicated I can see this guy playing. Um, whoever the defensive ends coach is, I can't pronounce his name. Um, he needs to really look at all these guys. The strength and conditioning coach and the strength and conditioning team needs to motivate these guys to come to workouts and get bigger and stronger. Because I think we really got some players at defensive end, man. I really do. Um, so moving on. Um, has football gone soft? All right. In my opinion, yes, it has. The Trevor Lawrence hit in the Ohio State game was not targeting, in my opinion. The Clowney hit on Wentz, that is, that's my definition of targeting. Clowney should not be playing in the Green Bay game. Um, they have pretty much legislated the blindside hit out of the game, which is which is great. Um, any big hit is reviewed, even if it's perfect form, it's reviewed. Um, I mean, you can't even jam the wide receivers at the line of scrimmage no more. Um, in pro football, when you give when you're getting ready to sack the quarterback, you have to virtually lay down a pillow and a blanket and lay him down gently, or you will get the flag. Back in my day, football was gladiators. Um, I think unsportsmanlike conduct should be allowed. Um, if I make a big play, I should be able to tell my opponent about it. After a big play, I should get about 10 seconds to taunt, dance, celebrate, whatever. Like back in the day, taunting is one of the finer arts of sports. This is such a politically correct world. Everybody's feelings get hurt so much, so easily. I need people or men in sports to man up. Um, I don't I don't condone like direct shots to the head or to the knees, um, but it happens. And um, you got to let these guys play. Um I feel like the powers that be are hurting the game. Um, so, you know, I think football in the last, just the last 20 years, from the year 2000 till now, it's a different game. Um, you know, I've never liked, you know, players that would exclusively go to the head to try to, you know, you can end a man's career or go for his knees, but anything under the chin, or I should say, um, at the 
at the collarbone, below the collarbone, and above the knees, you know, that's fair game. I think you should stay below the collarbone and above the knees. And anything you hit in that targeting area is fair game. Now, you we all know that when two players are about to collide, they bunch up, they get small. And, you know, you don't know what you're going to hit. It might be a helmet to helmet. In that case, I think the referee needs to, you know, for lack of a better term, uh, swallow the flag. Don't throw it. Um, you know, you, you can't legislate big hits out of the game. You're going to really get people hurt then. Okay. So moving on to the next topic, which is going to be. Is BYU a Power 5 team? And this is what I wrote about BYU. And I know this is the Gold Nose podcast, but, you know, and I I said in the title I'm going to talk about other stuff. So this is this was my brainstorming for this episode. So just listen. Is BYU a Power 5 team? I say yes. If Utah is a Power 5 team, so is BYU. They have won a national championship before, unlike Utah. These two schools are rivals. Now, obviously, like Notre Dame, they will have to play a tough schedule to get in the college football playoff. But I feel like the Pac-12 should add these guys along with San Diego State. And therefore, I mean, it's moving in that direction. These independent teams, they are not going to be able to stay independent for long. They're going to have to join a conference eventually. Um. In 1984, BYU was the only undefeated team, and they were voted the number one team in the Associated Press poll or the AP poll and the coaches poll. And they are the last non-Power 5 team to win a national championship. So that's that's like 35 years ago. Um in my opinion, it's widely believed that the various systems devised BCS, CFP over the years with a with a view towards deciding the national champs have created a system where it only benefits Power 5 football. We all know this. And therefore, I think it's going to be virtually impossible for a a team like BYU to get back in it just because of name recognition. They're independent, but for them to get in now, they're going to have to play like an insane schedule. I mean, that's just how I feel about it. So moving on, let me know what you think about that segment. Um, How long does Joe Brady stay at LSU? If you don't know who Joe Brady is, he is the passing game coordinator and receivers coach, receivers coach. He is pretty much responsible for the metamorphosis of Joe Burrow. And this is what I wrote about him. I don't think he stays at LSU too much longer. I'm surprised he didn't get a look. Um, I think Baylor should really give him a serious look. Um, He reinvented Joe Burrow. I love his passing schemes. I love how he got these receivers to actually catch passes. Um, This guy's only 30 years old. Um, He started out as a defensive coach at William and Mary and then moved to the New Orleans Saints and then to the LSU Tigers where they where they have had a dream season. Again, Baylor 
you need to get this guy. 2019 Broyles Award winner for the top assistant coach. I mean, this guy, you know, I ain't, I'm not going to give him 100%. Um, I'm not going to say he's 100% responsible for the, the metamorphosis of Joe Burrow. I think Joe, Joe Burrow has a lot to do with it. But Joe Burrow didn't have this kind of season last year. So I say it's, it's 50-50 at the minimum that uh, Joe Brady has helped Burrow um, get to where he is. So I think he could do that for other quarterbacks. So, um, again, Baylor, you got to get this guy a serious look after the natty, man, um, Monday night. Um, and let me know what you think about that segment. My last segment for this episode is going to be favorite football quotes. Okay. And I'll just read off a couple that I know um, just from memory. All right. Today, I will do what others won't. So tomorrow, I can accomplish what others can't. Jerry Rice. All right. My favorite football team is the San Francisco 49ers. And, you know, I can pretty much remember everything Jerry Rice says. So, there you go. Next one. Everyone has the fire, but the champions know how to ignite the spark. Aim it, Ray. Okay? That's self-explanatory. Winning isn't everything. It's the only thing. Now, Vince Lombardi it's credit for that quote but it actually came from Henry Russell Red Sanders former UCLA football coach back in the 50s greatness is a lot of small things done well Ray Lewis the only place success comes before work is in the dictionary Vince Lombardi Nobody who has ever gave his best regretted it. George Hallis. You cannot make progress with excuses. Cam Newton. Winners never quit and quitters never win. Vince Lombardi. Don't go to the grave with life unused. Bobby Bowden. The greatest mistake is to continue to practice a mistake. Bobby Bowden. I'm not too proud to change. I like to win too much. Bobby Bowden. So I hope you enjoyed that last segment. This podcast is available on YouTube. It's available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify Podcast. If you're listening to this on YouTube, please go down to the description, click on one of the links, and please subscribe to my podcast if you like it. Um, and as always, go nose. <laughs>